0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The List. As always, my name is Brett, alongside Jordan. Uh, unfortunately, we are back to audio only. Uh, Jordan, it was fun doing StreamYard. We're going to do it again soon. But uh, that last episode was a pain in the ass for everybody, including Zach.
1: Yeah, I think it was a, the the biggest issue was from Zach. Um, so while we well, sort out our phone here, um, the biggest issue was Brett and his shitty internet here. Hold on. Now. I was going to say, I think me yeah, getting picked out. For your the interview, I, I I said something that pulled you out of the web. Tell us more about why Brett's shitty internet fucked us up. I have no idea. He fucking's on a tin can and string for all I know. The guy's still using fucking dial-up. I don't know what's going on.
0: He hasn't seen an yeah, Ethernet man.
1: cord. I'm sorry. Do you have the microphone, Brett?
0: No. Thank you.
1: I'm done now. <laughs> Well, it's nice to be on another episode, uh, another Super Bowl week that we don't get to talk about the Miami Dolphins.
0: Well, we do get to talk about the Miami Dolphins a little bit because since our last episode, just a couple days ago, and yesterday too, the Dolphins made some changes to their coaching staff. And uh, Jordan, we were way off on who was going to be the defensive coordinator with Fangio gone.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that we both had a little more faith in the in-house hire or in the in-house guys. Um, And I think that there was going into the process. They wanted to find the right candidate. Um, But I think there was hope from the staff that 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 right candidate was going to come in house. Um, And I think it just became apparent throughout the process that, that we needed to go outside the box um, and to a successful defense um, and poach somebody there in order for our defense to take the next step.
0: Yep, and for those who missed, we did hire uh, Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach, or he might have been associate head coach, and defensive line coach Anthony Weaver to be our defensive coordinator. Uh, he was one of the final three, I believe, for the Cleveland, uh, not Cleveland, uh, Washington head coaching job. He was a defensive coordinator for one year with Houston. It didn't go well, but if you look at that defense, it was J.J. Watt, and then throw a dart at a board to see who's going to be on the field well Uh, what brett i'm going
1: to stop you there one minute ago the miami dolphins are hiring ryan crow to coach their outside linebackers he is the former titan titans outside linebackers coach who had interest from the vikings giants and seahawks crow is
0: viewed around the league as having defensive coordinator potential Okay, so that probably means Ryan Slowick, and I am going to go ahead and put that in our Discord real quick, and I am going to credit Jordan for breaking this on the podcast. us. it's it's actually from Albert Albert Breer first. Um, But that probably means Slowick is gone. Uh, So we'll see what happens with Ronaldo Hill now in Madison. Um, So yeah, now, uh, or even if if Slowick is leaving, but... uh, Anthony Weaver is a, I learned while doing research, he is one of the QB initiative guys, which McDaniel does all the time. And they coach together in Cleveland. Um, As a Michigan fan, I have seen how, always will bring that up, see what it's like to bring someone from the Ravens defensive staff to be your defensive coordinator. And it's something I've been wondering for a couple of years. Why are more teams not poaching the Ravens uh, defensive staff? Because it's been so good for so long. And they just... It Doesn't matter who the coach is. they someone leaves to be a head coach. They just bring someone back or promote someone. They've lost their whole defensive staff this off season,
1: yeah, I, I mean, that's how it goes when uh, you have success and you have uh, sustainability and, and sustained success over the course of time. Um, but that's, I guess the Ryan Crow news is one of the benefits of listening to this right when it comes out. You get news from a couple hours ago, so. Um, Great job on us uh, for breaking something live on a recording in the past. Um, Welcome, Ryan Crow. I'd be interested to know um, if there is, and I've done zero research, so maybe by the time we talk again we'll know this, um, the connection between Crow and um, defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver, um, if they've connected in the past, how that came about, um, and also um, how his outside linebackers had done um, at his last stop.
0: So, looking here, he was with Vrabel at Ohio State. Um, was with the Titans for the last six years, arriving. So, it looks like either, looks like he may have been with Weaver in Houston, because based off of those dates, it looks like, because it says that he's been with them since Ohio State,
1: and I just opened the, uh. Wrong, Ryan Crowes, Wikipedia, and now I'm reading about a reality TV producer who worked with the Kardashians, with Brett Michael. <laughs> I, I don't think that this is the guy we just hired um, to
0: coach our outside linebackers. Yeah, i still looking. So he's been with he's been with the Titans since 2018. Uh, I'm not. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page, um, so found one other thing. If, if a guy
1: doesn't have his Wikipedia page, what, what's he doing? Like, everybody should have a Wikipedia page. I yeah. don't, know, but everybody that's famous should. Yeah. There are many pictures of him, because the same picture I see in this article of him getting fired a week ago uh, is the same article um, or the same picture that's in the tweet of him.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: He worked with Vrabel for six years. Yep. All right, we have we have more important things to talk about than Ryan Crow. So yeah. Uh,
0: so that, yeah. Anyway,
1: that, that's part of uh, news breaking while we're on air, guys.
0: Yep. So we're clearly making some wholesale defensive changes. Um, I like the Weaver Weaver signing. Like I said, he had the one year Houston didn't go well, but it was a uh, that was after Bill O'Brien took over and basically skinned the defense. I think I saw the starting. Uh, secondary for Houston that year was Vernon Hargraves, Lonnie Johnson, Eric Murray, and I, I don't even I don't even remember who the fourth guy was. But three of those guys aren't in the league anymore, so that tells you where they were.
1: I mean, it's I think it's the best case scenario, um, for the Dolphins, and it'll be fascinating to see, um, what our defense looks like um schematically come the even the preseason
0: um but the season two yep listening and seeing some of the clips of weaver talk and then even seeing what mcdaniel said it does first of all hearing seeing mcdaniel's statement talking about collaborative effort i think it maybe i'm reading too much into this but it's clear he kind of took a shot at fangio because the more it comes out it's definitely sounding like and we talked about this last time there were issues with fangio's coaching style some stubbornness, but you also hear what Weaver talks about in his interviews. And he says, you adapt a scheme to the players you have, which I do think is something we lacked. So I think you can kind of see where we're going. And like I said, anybody with a Ravens background, not only was he a coach Ravens, he played for the Ravens. Uh, He played under Rex Ryan for, I think all of his career. Uh, So I think you're going to look at basically a mixture of what the Ravens did the last two years under McDonald and what the Ravens have done for as long as I can remember, having Rex Ryan, having Wink Martindale, uh, having uh, Chuck Pagano as the defensive coordinator. So those are the type of defenses I'm kind of looking at.
1: Rex Ryan coming back in the news again recently, huh? We said his name on the podcast here. His name was in the Cowboys defensive coordinator position. I didn't know Rex Ryan still had it in him like that. I figured he'd be off playing with his wife's feet by now. Yeah.
0: I think he just likes to hear his name in the news. And, you know, when you sure. work for ESPN, you don't hear your name enough when you're on TV every day, I guess. But um, there's some cruel or some funny irony in this too for the next hire we're going to talk about. I believe I said, I'm willing to take, and I've said on the Discord, I don't remember if I said on a pad- podcast, but I said, I am willing to accept anybody you hire as a defensive coordinator. And I think my exact words were, as long as you don't hire a defensive coordinator with a track record of mediocrity to awfulness like Joe Barry. Jordan, yeah, okay. yesterday we hired jo- Joe Barry to be our linebacker coach and run game coordinator. <laughs>
1: uh, that man uh, has quite a resume, huh? Some good, some bad on there?
0: Well, for defensive, co- if he was defensive coordinator, and I said this in the Discord yesterday... If he if we hired him as defensive coordinator, that's a Chan Gailey level hire from Mike McKeon. I know that's a George Gatsi, Eric Stutzvel is co-offensive coordinators type hire. Um, Joe Barry is not a very good defensive coordinator. You posted on our Twitter the the ranks of his defense got you a little bit of hate from. I Dalton love Twitter. how you how you emphasized. You posted this. <laughs> yeah, just had to be honest. Um, but. His numbers aren't good. I think I think you showed it. He has one defense in the top ten ever, and most of them are in the bottom. T- are in the bottom t- like twenty or below, if I'm not mistaken. But they're not good. Um, that being said, as a linebacker coach, he's won two Super Bowls. Uh, what's that say about him as a coach or the teams? Up to interpretation. But looking his t- as a linebacker coach, he's known as a talent developer. He's known or his units tend to be pretty efficient when it comes to tackling. Uh, So you kind of hope that this is a case of shit defensive coordinator, but good linebacker coach.
1: Yeah, um, I wasn't tweeting that to just say it's a shit hire. Um, It was more of an informative post Uh, when it comes to position coaches. I mean, you don't know, um, first of all, how they're going to gel. Uh, with this specific group of linebackers. Um, I think that's for Mike McDaniel to know, even more so than Anthony Weaver. Um, and I think defensively, as long as you're not putting somebody that has a horrible scheme out there, um, as long as you have a guy, a, a guy that's really motivating these guys to play football, um, that these guys go enjoy going to work for and putting their bodies on the line and hitting people for, um, I'm about it. And I think that uh, all these coaches, Coach Crow, Coach Weaver, um, and Coach Barry, as long as they can do that, especially with a group like our linebackers that's been such an important and, and talked about part of our team, um, uh, that's that's fine by me. Um, again, it'll be very interesting, and I think you'll know very quickly um, how our defense looks come September.
0: Yeah. I did see a quote from Rashawn Gary, who's, of course, a linebacker for the Packers. I was going to say outside linebacker, but I'm pretty sure the Packers moved him inside. But he was talking about uh, Joe Barry, and he said, when you're up, Coach Barry's up. When you're down, Coach Barry's still up. So he's going to bring you up. He's going to make sure you don't stay down too much. And I think that's something you need in today's NFL. Uh, so, And I think that's the type of person Mike McDaniel's proven to be. So I think we need more of that on the defensive staff. Unfortunately, that does mean we are losing Anthony Campanelli. He did go to the Packers, so we basically traded our linebacker coach for their defensive coordinator. Campanelli became a bit of a rock star uh, because of his hard knock speeches. I was really hoping because it would have made the most sense for him to get the Giants defensive coordinator job because he's got that jersey in him. Uh, But, uh, you know, when you get passed up for the job twice, uh, twice back-to-back off seasons and you're a uh, ambitious coach like Campanelli is not shocked to see him leave and I do wish him the best
1: yeah and it's interesting that both of the guys Slowick and Campanelli now uh, that interviewed for that defensive coordinator job uh, are gone um, but Brett I want to ask you an important question because we've got uh, a little bit into this uh, podcast, and we haven't talked about it yet. We're too busy talking about linebacker coaches and such. Um, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl?
0: So, Yeah, I was about, I was about to ask you the same thing.
1: Well, I asked it's, you first. So yeah. yeah
0: no, it's fair. I keep going back and forth because I was really hoping it would be the Lions versus the Ravens, but uh, the... You uh, and 21
1: everybody. million other people plus 5 million illegals. But,
0: yeah, but you know what they say, Dan Campbell's going to Dan Campbell and not, and he's going to go for it on fourth down rather than kick a makeable field goal and lose all momentum. And uh, the offensive coordinator for the Ravens forgets that they're a running team. <laughs> so yeah, Monty
1: had a rough day, huh?
0: That was, you know, that might be, like, I'll say this. I said that the game plan we had against the Chiefs a couple weeks in the first round was the worst play, uh, the worst game plan I've seen? It might actually be Monken's uh, game plan against the Chiefs. Uh, so, what's with everybody having their worst game plans against the Chiefs?
1: Nothing is. Well, I think that <laughs> oh, our game plan against the Chiefs was something. It was. Um, but I think. I, I think when I think worst game plans, I don't even think of a game plan. I always go back to the one specific play when we were backed up at the goal line, I don't remember who our offensive coordinator was. I think it was the Flores
0: era. Yeah, it was uh, God.
1: We were, it
0: was God seeing studs. I know where you're
1: was, going. It, was it them against
0: at Vegas?
1: where When we yep. threw the screen in the end zone?
0: Screen with no blockers and got a safety. And up losing yep. in overtime. And then ended
1: up losing the game by, like, yeah, in overtime. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That was the worst play ever. And because we're a Dolphins of podcast, I like to revisit our, uh, revisit our misery. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, that that yeah. was
0: something. That was one of those times where you sit there and you're like, there's no defending this. There's no even getting into someone's brain. Like, what were you thinking? Like, I have no clue Uh, what was going on with that. I will,
1: since you're avoiding the question. No, I'm getting um, there. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Okay, and I think the 49ers are going to win. Now, why don't you tell the people why you think the Chiefs are going to win, Brett? I think the Chiefs will win
0: because at the end of the day... In a game like this, it comes down to who do you expect or what quarterback do you expect to make a big play? And until proven otherwise, I'm always going to take Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy. I think, and to go along with this, this is not taking anything away from the Niners who have a great defense, one a great offensive scheme, but to go along with this as well, the... Uh, Defensive coordinator for Kansas City, Steve Spagnuolo, may be the best big game defensive coordinator in the NFL. If you think about it, because this is this is what his uh, his fit, his his sixth Super Bowl he's been to, chance to win his fifth. And yeah, he d- I, uh, he just I has usually, his way in the defense.
1: I usually have a strong feeling on who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. I'm usually excited for it and, and all that. Uh, this year, I'm kind of not.
0: That's where um, I was getting at too. I just don't care about the Super Bowl this year. Like I, I
1: really like. I can't remember a year that I cared less about the Super Bowl than this year. Um, it's it's. I don't think it's necessarily boring. I said boring to somebody recently. I mean, I think that was the wrong word to use. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily boring, but I think it's just. I think all the other options were so much better, um, and I think that I've I've had a little punch in my gut. Uh, we talked about this before the show, but I, I have a little punch in my gut ever since the Tennessee game. Yeah, um, ever since the Dolphins Titans game, I it just it hasn't been the same. It, it just I kind of I lost hope and, and interest on the NFL season. I think in that moment.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I had the same punch punching gun, at least to that level, I've, I was like, okay, we can get this back. And then the Ravens game happened. But I think the Ravens game more so because of the, not just because we were getting killed because of the Bradley Chubb injury. And it's like, all right, it's getting harder. And then next week, Van Ginkle gets hurt. And that's when you sit there and it's just like, you can be optimistic. We, we have the, people on offense to make it work but the and the defense did play as well as they could but once you get all those injuries and you know Connor Williams is out and we we've bagged on him all year we know what Eichenberg was or like how much of a downgrade he was from Connor Williams but yeah like it's one of those things where it's like you know that maybe we get one upset but we're we're not getting two just we just we just didn't have the horses in the trenches anymore and so, yeah, part of – I do I do feel the uh, enthusiasm going – like, we always joke about it. Like, I had Michigan for a little bit, but now that's gone. So, for now. But then I, you deal with Harbaugh taking everybody to Los Angeles with him. So, now it's just like – I've been in draft mode for more in the last month than I was in – the NFL, and it went from, okay, all I want is I don't want the Bills to make the Super Bowl, and now I just really don't care about the Super Bowl. I'm there to watch the commercials.
1: Yeah, once the Bills uh, got eliminated, that (laughs) that was definitely a weight lifted off my shoulders. Um, But before we uh, inevitably move on, uh, Mr. S wanted me to plug uh, his four-leg same-game parlay. Um, To me, it seems like a little bit of a sucker's bet, Uh, but this is what Mr. S wants. Uh, It pays out plus 875. You have the Chiefs money line, a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, an Isaiah Pacheco anytime touchdown, and a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown. Four legs, plus 875 from Mr. S. Uh, If it loses, yell at him.
0: Well, I'll yell at him anyway. There's usually a reason to yell. He, Mr. S gives us a lot of reasons to yell at him, so
1: Remember that week in the regular season that he went 0 6 with his picks? I do. Remember that? that? was crazy. 0-6. I do
0: remember. That was that was a rough one. Did, did uh, he ever
1: announce what he finished at? He did not.
0: Hmm, I uh, think we, should he, we should, but he I think he had the same reaction he said to the Titans game you did, and I think he kinda just it broke him a little bit, so. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get there, but. What it, else? It, what else,
1: Brett? What else is going on this week?
0: Aside from the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, we just uh, found Michigan, out beforehand.
1: Michigan lost their coach, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, it was kind. Of, we kind of knew that was coming, and then he took. He took we Jesse. We kind Minter. of
1: knew that was coming. Yeah. I want to listen to the episode. Right before it happened. I don't think you knew it was coming. Well, it happened right while
0: we were recording. Remember? It happened like 10 minutes after. And I was like, yeah, he kind of knew it was coming. Um, Statements he had made after winning the national title, you kind of knew it was coming. What sucked more is he took Jesse Minter with him, who was our defensive coordinator. It sounds like the favorite is Wink Martindale now to become the defensive coordinator of Michigan, which would be interesting.
1: I thought they just, didn't they just either interview or hire somebody? Didn't we see that?
0: It was shared. One of the sites said that they were, uh, a, funny enough, another person with Ravens background, Joe Collin, who's the Chiefs D-line coach. Yeah. Um, one source is saying that he was It was accepting it imminently. Another source said, no, it's probably going to be Wink Martindale. So you have two former Ravens defensive coordinators who are the favorites. Uh, the big thing Michigan fans are upset about just lost the defensive line coach to, to Harbaugh, but also the strength and conditioning coach, Ben Herbert. Um, is going there, and he, no one understood that because strength and conditioning coaches don't have the impact, apparently, or according to many, that they do in college that they have to the pros, or they have in pros that they do in college the other way around. My my apologies. Um, won a national title. Basically, all our offense is gone, uh, so good luck, Sharon Moore. I like Sharon Moore. I'm glad they promoted him. But I'll be happy if we finish with just four losses next year. We just lose way too much.
1: Yeah. Um, Wink Martindale is currently a candidate for two jobs. He's a candidate for the Michigan defensive coordinator position and for the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator position.
0: Yeah, well, Michigan is going to keep looking at people who have that Ravens background. They got out of their last two coordinators, and it worked out well. Uh, funny enough, everybody was wanting Michigan to hire Zach Orr this year, and he got promoted to the Ravens defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah. Um, as we're talking about that guys from the NFL, maybe interviewing for college, I know, Bray, you really wanted to talk about, um, a kind of college coach going to the pros. So why don't I let you, um, tell the people about that.
0: Yeah. So this is just something that many people might not find interesting, but I do. And I think you, you do as well, Jordan. Uh, but Jeff Halfley, who was the, uh, Head coach for Boston College, ACC school. They didn't have a great year, but it's a fairly prominent school. He left to become the defensive coordinator for Green Bay. And his response was basically he wants to coach. In college, you not only have to coach, you have to recruit, you have to fundraise.
1: Bray, you know what that means. I have breaking news. And have stopped you again for the second time. Jalen Phillips today walked without a boot for the first
0: time since surgery. I did see that. I did see that. He's yeah. making a really good recovery. We, we might have him ready for the... Oh, this is being optimistic, but we might have him ready for the start of the season. I'd hope so. Um, all right, you can continue. Yeah. So he, he doesn't want to do the... With the NIL, with the transfer portal... And just in general, you got to raise money from your athletic department from boosters.
1: Uh, I just that was fun. I wanted to do it a second time. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> he uh, he just misses coaching, and I think people underestimate what that means. And again, it goes along with the Michigan thing. Mike Ellison, who is the defensive line coach, is going to Mich is going to the Chargers. He doesn't have to have the strains of recruiting on him. Or some of the weird NCAA rules. Jay Harbaugh, everybody thought he was going to the Chargers with his dad. He's going to the Seahawks with his bro, Mike McDonald, be special teams coordinator. So Jordan, as a coach, yourself, kind of give the back. Like I kind of gave a broad overview, but just kind of give a different, a more of a in-depth details the difference between being a college coach, the NFL coach, and why for so many you're seeing people even taking demotions to get to the NFL. Or, lateral moves,
1: well, it, it's funny because, uh, first of all, to very quickly cover on Harbaugh's son, um, as I very easily put it in the discord, Brett, if you were going to find a job at a company uh, and and all money essentially was the same, uh would you rather work for
0: your dad or your best friend? Best friend, because I've worked for my dad before, and it's not fun.
1: I mean me too. so it, it's that's just how it goes. I mean, you obviously, uh, would rather work for your buddy uh, and would rather be with your buddy. You love your dad. Um, but but I think that him and his dad had a good run and it's time to move on. Um, as far as the NFL versus college thing, um, I, I think a lot of coaches are just seeing the way the college game is changing um, and, and moving away from it. I compared it, uh, as I've been reading, to, to remembering back in the day, coaching AAU basketball. Um, and it wasn't about... Uh, could you coach, could you put together a team? It was, did you have the money to pay for tournaments, pay for jerseys, um, to pay so your top players wouldn't have to pay on the teams that they were on? Um, It it was a lot more of that and a lot less of us coming together as a team, building a culture, building something great, and trying to achieve a common goal. Um, And I think college football – and college sports in general going in that direction. It's not about school pride anymore. It's not about what school do I want to rep for the rest of my life and be an alumni and associate myself to for the rest of my life. It's simply about where can I get the biggest check. Um, and if my freshman year, that's at Arkansas. If my sophomore year, that's at South Carolina. If my junior year, <laughs> excuse me, that's at Michigan. Um And now going into my senior year, it might be better for me to go play at a different school as opposed to going to the NFL. So I I think it's turning into a lot less of um, a mini professional from a sense of pride and more now a mini professional as a sense of pocket. Um, And I think there are going to be some coaches that have connections and and can make moves and are going to love the college game. And I think you're going to see a lot of coaches that now shy away from it because it's just glorified AAU sports. And that's not what um, a lot of these coaches signed up for. I don't think it'll be the last time we see a coach go from being a college head coach to a pro coordinator. Um, I think the days of a college head coach getting a pro head, a head coaching job um, are going to be more rare unless a coach is initially coming from the pros to college um but I think you have different qualifications that are needed to be a great college head coach and a great professional head coach now to be a great professional head coach like Dan Campbell would be a horrendous college football coach Dan Campbell's a great college football coach to me because he's a leader of men he's a leader of grown men and Dan Campbell has a way for, to get grown men to go out and play as hard as they can from them. In college football, like you said, you essentially need a CEO. You don't need a football coach. You need a guy that can get boosters and get guys in suits to donate money to buy enough. There was a coach, I think it might have been Rick Pitino, uh, who recently said that college basketball should have a salary cap. We should stop the NIL, and we should just have a straight salary cap. And personally, I love that idea. I think it's should be, coming
0: from Rick Pitino. It, it's how hysterical many coming from
1: the vampire that is Rick Pitino. It's yeah. hysterical because now what he was doing is now kind of what the norm is, and it's, it's open for everybody. A, a salary cap, to me, um, would make it more legitimate. Um, it's just... College sports needs to do something. They need to have some sort of policy that's put in place, um, more so than there is because right now it's just the wild, wild west. And I, I don't think this is going to be the last coach um, that decides this is too much for him.
0: Yeah. Well, funny enough, now you're we're finding out a bunch of schools are getting accused of sanctions because they're not doing NIL properly. Because shocker, there's really no regulations of it. Tennessee. I believe Virginia, Virginia Tech are being investigated, Florida State, Florida. They're all starting to get looked at by NCAA for breaking these these NIL rules that are really not in place. And a lot of schools do have to rely on state, basically state laws on, on that. But to go along with it, you talk about recruiting. I actually think what this is going to do is almost regionalize the... Uh, the schools again. I think I know Michigan's kind of done it. I know um, Washington did it. I know um, and I think the Florida, I think one or two of the Florida schools are starting to do it but now they're actually looking and they're instead of just going out to get the top talent they are now looking at the this seems obvious but they're looking at the quote the, uh, the player, the man behind the player. They're like, do you fit our culture? Do you fit what we want to do? Doesn't matter if you're a higher rated player or not, but I think you're going to see that more regionalized. So you're going to see, I think you're going to end up seeing, maybe not right away, but in the next couple of years, you're going to see the talent coming out of high school spread out more because coaches aren't going to want to deal with the transfer portal like that. They might want to deal with getting people out of the transfer portal, but they are going to go, okay, who are you? do you fit with what I want rather than just looking straight at the talent, looking at the stars? So I think long-term, this is going to make college football potentially more exciting because the talent's not going to just be Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, then everybody else playing catch-up. Well,
1: I think for sure two things, this and the playoff going to 12 teams. Going into next year, pretty much anybody thinks that they can win the college football playoff next year. Anybody in the Power 5. Well, most teams in the Power 5. Miami doesn't have a shot. No.
0: I would say realistically, so just off the top of head, so Ohio State basically brings everybody but Marlon Harrison back. The question there is their quarterback is going to be Will Howard from Kansas State. So they don't really have a quarterback, but they have all that talent back. Um, I don't really know what Bama has next year because they've lost everybody with the portal. Georgia's going to be back. It's probably, would you say Texas is probably the favorite next year? Ah, uh, they gotta be no. I think so. They lose both their.
1: I think. I think um, they might have
0: been uh, the betting favorite. I can look right now. Um, I think everybody else loses a bunch. I still, I'm still going to tell people, do not be shocked if Penn State makes a run.
1: Uh, well, Quinn Ewers is currently the Heisman favorite. Uh, it is. Georgia plus 350. Ohio State plus 550. Texas plus 700. Oregon plus 800. Those are your top four. In case you were wondering, Michigan is plus 1600. And uh, Alex Orgy season, baby. UCF is plus 20,000. KJ Jefferson season. Yeah.
0: I might put throw a, bet. a little, uh, I might, little. I was going to I might throw some money just to make the playoff.
1: $5 to win $1,000 on UCF to win the national championship?
0: Wouldn't be a bad bet.
1: Okay. Five to win $1,000 on anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great bet. So, Brett, while we're talking prop bets, uh, we'll go back to the Super Bowl one more time before we log off here. Do you have any uh, Super Bowl
0: prop bets that you like? Uh, what was the one you. What was the one you guys were talking about beforehand? It, it's a great one. All right, a-
1: out of Super Bowl props, this is one of my favorite that I've ever heard. I'm a big proponent on the Gatorade color and all those people love those. My favorite is when they don't show the Gatorade getting dumped on the coach first and his jer- and his shirt is just drenched in Gatorade and people are trying to figure out based on the color his jacket turned what color the Gatorade was. That was that's great. But uh my favorite one that I saw this year is the over-under of the jersey number of the player that scores the first touchdown. And the over-under is 19 and a half. So for the under, which I think the under is going to hit, sorry, Zach, um, the guys you get are a Mahomes or a Purdy rushing touchdown, a Debo touchdown, an Ayuk touchdown, a Pacheco touchdown, a Rashi Rice touchdown, or an MVS touchdown. That's on offense. Defense is defense. Yeah. Uh, over, you essentially get uh, McCaffrey and the, all the tight ends in the game. And the backup running backs being Elijah Mitchell and Clyde edwards Hillair. That's my favorite. I like the under. Um, I think that the Chiefs usually have a great scripted first drive. Um, and I could see the Chiefs receiving, going right down the field and scoring with an Isaiah Pacheco rushing touchdown uh, to go up 7-0 and the under nineteen and a half first first jersey number hits. Uh, I
0: actually agree. I think it will be the under. So, Who do you think it's going to be? Pacheco. Uh, I think it's going to be Pacheco. Lazy. It's, it's, la- it is lazy, but.
1: A- oh, you heard that? I didn't think we were on. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um what uh do you have any others?
0: I'll be honest, I, I haven't that you haven't looked at it yet. I haven't looked at any of them.
1: <laughs> um so but I'm interested to see kind of how this game is going to go. Um it, it, you're going to know very quickly to me. Um kind of not because r- the Chiefs are going to look good their opening drive. Um and then it's going to be interesting to see once the teams settle in. I assume it'll be a low-scoring game. Um, I don't know what the over-under is. I assume um, it'll probably be an under-type Super Bowl.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I think 49ers win close. Um, maybe a moody Michigan field goal to end the game.
0: I'd be happy for moody. Just throw a Ronnie Bell touchdown in there, too. Ooh. Ronnie Bell first touchdown? I wonder where that would pass. Well, he's number ten, so that would do the prop bet too. Oh, the prop bet would hit.
1: All right, Ronnie Bell first touchdown. I think there was a game this season. I think it was a night game, uh, where Ronnie Bell first touchdown hit.
0: Yeah, it was their Thursday night game at the beginning of the season. I think we were recording while that was going on. Funny enough. That's fine. But uh um, yeah, yeah. Are we are
1: we still adding people to that list? What are we what are we doing with this list thing?
0: We are putting a pause on adding people to the list right now. Um, is, it, is it because that one Buffalo guy got mad at me? No, no, that was funny.
1: Um, I thought so too.
0: Yeah, no, it's just because there's really no reason to put anybody in the list right now that are dol- Dolphins. Maybe we can put someone on next week if someone does something really stupid during the Super Bowl, or if the or if Usher bombs the halftime show or something. Uh, I I am gonna make a deal. You
1: ready? Yep. If the San Francisco 49ers win the game, I will be putting Taylor Swift on the list next week.
0: That's actually a good call, especially because she has her new album coming out right after the Super Bowl, I think.
1: You would know that, Brett. It was announced. Were you applauded? Oh, you were watching the Grammys, weren't you? Yeah, yes. What do you think of uh, that Miley Cyrus performance? And the thing Eh. she said was pretty controversial. She didn't mention her dad. Did you know that they have a whole beef?
0: I think I had heard that. Uh, I, I can't say I have really paid attention to Miley Cyrus that much.
1: I'm trying to figure out how much Miley Cyrus knowledge you have, Brett. I think that's – this offseason, uh, I think the people want to know more about your Miley Cyrus, your Taylor Swift, um, and how you feel about uh, pop culture in that sense. Because we know you, you're a, or a Green Day guy. Sorry. Green I Day will impact. tell
0: you, Green Day's new album is fire.
1: <laughs> okay, Green Day's new album is fire, Pookie. I don't know if you understand that reference. That's a TikTok thing. Gotcha. Are you on TikTok, Brett? I am not. You're not. You so you're you don't have a TikTok, but do you like peruse on TikTok?
0: No, because anytime it pops up, it says you need to have a an account, and I'm just. I don't have interest in making it. Oh, account.
1: You do what other people do. You have like a guest 4398421019, 1, and then China gets all your information, and then you get to watch people do silly dances.
0: Yeah, I could do that. Or I could just watch the compiliations on YouTube.
1: Oh, true. Brett, this is what I want you to do, okay, for next week. This, this is the off-season. We got to do some stuff. We do. I want you... I want you to download TikTok. Okay. I want you to come back in a week and tell us what you've learned. I don't right? want you to search anything. I don't want, I want you to tell us what your algorithm has
0: produced. Okay. I can do that. I love it. But also, next week, we are into draft season officially. I believe we are, what, two weeks away from the combine? Uh,
1: two weeks away. And the NFL denied my credentials to go. Mine, too.
0: <laughs> so we I'm will not be there.
1: That, I'm going to frame that email. I wasn't going to go anyways, Um, but it would have been nice for them to accept me.
0: Right. But what we will also do is we will review the Lists' most recent podcast that you and Mr. S came up with. It is on listpodcast.com. Definitely Maybe check it out. most
1: recent mock draft.
0: That, too. most recent mock draft, too. And the most recent podcast, as well. But um, I... I reviewed the most recent podcast. When did I do that? Yeah. You did it. I don't know. <laughs> Just me uh, going too quick with my words again. The hunger is starting to kick in. But we will start our drafts coverage starting next week. Definitely get, in, get into the uh, spirit and check it out. Join us. We are very interested in hearing everybody's draft takes. We'll probably start doing a little bit more rankings too uh, since – A lot has changed since uh, you and I did our top five, I believe it was, in one of our first episodes. I don't think, I think we maybe have three or four that would still be in the top five. Or did we do top 10?
1: Uh, I think we did a top five, and no, uh, not many of my guys are still um, that high. Um, But when it comes to our draft preview for next week, um, I have three words that will describe my draft coverage. You ready? Yep. Jackson
0: Powers Johnson. That is a name that Dolphin fans should get very used to hearing. From me. <laughs> From me, too. Everybody's going to love him. but I'm going to say a lot. Yeah. I'm all, I and, then already gonna
1: go, and then I already know he's going to go before the Dolphins pick. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's going to all be for waste.
0: Yeah. But we will start giving you guys previews on the offensive linemen because I know you guys all know Joe Alt and Ola Fash- Fashanu now. There's more guys there are, and we will tell you who fits with the Dolphins. But that's for next week. So you will start hearing our drafts coverage. You will hear my TikTok algorithm, and we will probably talk about our opinions on the Super Bowl and also what we ate during the uh, Super Bowl parties we both obviously are going to be going to. I'm going to be eating so much food. Yeah, me too. But... (laughs) We are going to end. We are going to go back into our little holes and get ready for Jordan and Zach. I am Brett. This is The List, and we are watching Zach do your thing.